0: Welcome back to the Mouthpiece Podcast. It's your host here, Ezra, with my co host. Jade. Say hello. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and we got Agus here too, but hopefully he keeps it down. Keeps it on the down low. Who mm-hmm. sings that? Nobody has to know. R. Kelly. Oh Come my on. god. R. Kelly, Isley Brothers. Classic. I think I might mix this like me singing into this podcast.
1: I feel bad for everyone that listens. Why? You guys pick up. Because you're like that TikTok where Caitlyn Jenner is singing. TikTok. <laughs> if you haven't heard of it yet? Look it up. That's what I tell Ezra he sounds like.
0: I think I I think my voice is getting better. I think we're talking about like if I worked on singing and I hired a professional singer, like how good could I get?
1: it wouldn't be that good
0: but it be better like what is me better
1: i honestly can't see you improving that's a one area i can't see you improving in
0: oh, i'm so curious like i almost want to film that like a follow like a me just like learning how to sing
1: right, i kind of want to tell people how we got into this conversation so like seven years ago i went on this date with this guy your ex he was not an ex of oh, mine okay calm down <laughs> let's not get into exes so anyway <laughs> you would lose <laughs> anyways um so i went on the date with this guy and something he was nice but something kind of seemed off about him a little bit he like just for multiple reasons but anyways he just didn't he just didn't seem right so i stopped talking to him a, a couple days ago he popped up on my instagram people i might know and we have no mutual friends So I clicked his profile and this guy straight up has TikTok videos of himself, but they're called singing the car part one, all the way to part 35. And he's just driving in the car singing, but like, it sounds like ass, like it's it's so bad. bad. And one day Ezra was like, I want to duet him really bad, but they both sound so terrible. (laughs)
0: But the thing is like I know I sound terrible Like this guy's pretty damn confident In his singing So what I'm curious though Is he's better than me Like we, we agree on that right
1: I mean Yeah he's pretty better bad, than me, But
0: he's better than me But if I got a tra- If I got someone Like a teacher Right And they worked with me How good can I get Like can I get better than him Or I'd be just like Is he my highest point Because I want to know I'm really so curious To find out Because I think that I Because I can hit like I can hit some notes <laughs> Stupid. i can i can hit some notes it's
1: like but the notes aren't that good and he thinks he's hitting like a really high octave but he's not and it's like hey that's what it sounds
0: like i <laughs> just i don't know like sometimes when i'm doing pearl jam like i'm just like i'm i might be eddie better yeah, that's what i feel like
1: definitely not
0: <laughs> all right let's get to the podcast <laughs> so it was a big fight weekend like and i think the argument is already happening. Was it big fight weekend for fight fans or big fight weekends for the general audience? I think it was a big fight weekend for everyone. I thought I thought that Canelo's star power really uh rang rang true. Was it rang true? Is that the right rang through? Rang rang true. Rang true. Right through this weekend. I really, and I really did. And he was re- the A side and the B side wasn't that well known. Wasn't the most popular fighter. Wasn't you know like a household name. And it was. It was a star. Like it looked like a star. The the presentation, everything was amazing. From what the zone had to offer, and Canelo's performance was exactly to what I thought his performance was gonna be. He like like I said, he was a better all around fighter than than Billy Joe Saunders. But what Billy Joe Saunders was known for his defense, Canelo was better at that, and that's what he proved through the whole fight. Now. People say the fight was close. Chris Mannix had Billy Joe Saunders ahead, which was I thought was pretty ridiculous. But why did this happen? Right? Why do people think it was close? Why did Chris Mannix have Billy Joel Sanders ahead? Because they were judging Billy Joel's performance not off of winning the fight. Not even off of this fight. Off of the previous fights Canelo had. Billy Joel Saunders was being compared to those fights. He wasn't being compared to Canelo. He was being compared to Canelo's previous opponents. And when you saw Canelo, when these people saw Canelo in a fight that somewhat seemed competitive, they automatically, in their mind, pushed Billy Joe Saunders over what he was actually doing, because it was more competitive than we were used to seeing. Probably a similar thing that happened with Floyd Mayweather and Maidana, right? It was a more competitive fight than we we're used to seeing. So all of a sudden, you people start saying, well, Madonna's winning the fight. Whether he was or wasn't, it was a psychological part. Of these fights. And when I was talking about going into this fight. The psychological parts of winning a decision. This. I didn't account for. The previous performances. And this fight being somewhat competitive. Right. Not close. But competitive. Would. Could actually push Peligio Saunders over the edge. Now. Wh- the fight was. Like I said. It was competitive at points. But it wasn't close. Canelo was dominating the fight. He was dominating pretty much every aspect of the fight. Now. It was. But,
1: but also, the commentators kept saying that he was. It was a super close fight, and actually had Saunders winning many of the rounds until he got his orbital orbital bone broken.
0: Yeah, and that's all I was saying. It's it's because they were, it's because they were comparing it to previous performances of Canel's opponents. So he wasn't. It, it happens this happens this happens especially with stars right especially people that dominate the sport is as soon as you see them in something that is somewhat competitive to what previous has happened which like we saw year or we saw uh you know calum smith not even take a chance at throwing punches it, you want to hit the other guy you want to see something competitive against this guy and it, when someone does offer that then it becomes like A hope in your mind and you may not even it might be subconsciously a hope in people's mind that this fight can be closer this guy could pull off the upset and the the storyline will you know come true right and that's what happens and that's why people think that these fights are closer than they actually are and they get all this excited but it it, that's a good thing that that means that Canelo has reached a certain point where now he's such a big uh odd and favorite right that people will watch now tune into his fights to see if there's a chance that he can that someone could test him And that's a good spot to be because it it, it makes it it doesn't make it it's less hard to sell a fight now because now you're just saying, well, does this guy have a chance? Maybe he could do something. So now the you want you don't want to miss when someone can do something. But this fight wasn't like I said, the fight went exactly how I thought it was gonna go. What did I say? Right? I said people were mixing up that the Billy Joel Saunders was gonna pull up the upset to where he wasn't gonna have a chance, he was gonna get blown out. And I told you there was a middle ground. And the middle ground was Billy Joel Saunders was gonna be able to prolong the fight. He wasn't going to be able to win it. He wasn't going to be able to get a decision. He wasn't going to be able to to land a lot or do a lot of effective things. But he was going to be able to prolong the fight because of his movement. right? He he did the one thing that he was known to do to go into the fight was he's going to move. And it took Canelo a little bit of time to get to him. Now, Canelo dominated every point of the fight getting to the point where he finally got to him. But he set up his shots with, uh, he started working the body to stop the movement. He started, uh, setting up the jab. He started taking a step back, waiting for Billy Joe to jump in. Once he jumped in, he would uppercut him. He had all this, the, the tools. And I told you once Billy Joe tried to started to try trade with him, it would be the beginning of the end. And that's exactly what happened. So if I played out exactly how I thought it was going to play out. And the competitiveness and all that, it wasn't there. It wasn't truly a competitive fight. It was it had competitive moments, but it wasn't a close competitive fight. Now with um, now with Canelo going forward, right? He's gonna have he's gonna make his PBC run, which would be huge in the States, especially in the States, because he's gonna fight American household names, right? As such as Caleb Plant, uh Benavides, Charlo. Right. All seems like it's all building towards the last fight with Charlo. And you're not gonna see these guys fight credible opponents for a while. Right. Caleb Plant's gonna fight Canelo next. Benavides has got uh Uz Uz Uzagahi, Uzu- I believe his name is how to pronounce it, who is coming off a few losses. Now at one point I did consider him tough, but he's coming off a few losses, right? So they, they feel confident that uh David Benevius could get the job done there. Charlo is fighting um uh just not, not a credible opponent at all. And that there's a reason for this because there's big paydays waiting for them, and they're just trying to keep them busy and keep them sharp. So when Canelo comes, they could collect that big paycheck, and maybe they'll have a chance of someone to dethrone. They're gonna have three shots to dethrone Canelo, and that's what PBC is not gonna risk any of them. Not gonna risk any of those shots. So to me, that was it was a uh, it was a great fight for Canelo. Great performance, everything it needed to be for DAZN for Canelo, and. You know, I want to talk on Billy Joe, right, and the people saying that he quit. He didn't quit, right? No one is going through the pain that he's going through, right? So we have to be very careful with, like, he quit and thing. I, I, It's not a word that we should throw around often and freely, right, uh, that he quit. He didn't quit. He was going through pain. He has eyes shut. And he has eyes shut not just in a fight. He has eyes shut against the best fighter in the world who's already lighting him up, okay? He had an eye injury, right, that was that i've had that i've maybe not to the uh, severity that he has but i've had the injury where i had a broken eye socket over the bone and
1: you couldn't eat cake
0: i couldn't even eat i couldn't even eat funfetti cake funfetti cake some of the softest cake in the world but i couldn't even eat that it, it's, it is a, it is a horrible injury and it, i do not blame a man for saying my eyes shut this injury is you know on the side of my face a canal is hitting over and over again I don't. I, I'm not going to go back out there. I, I'm not going to say that's not quitting. It's just the point where this fight was not going to go in his direction, and he, the pain with to withhold to withstand was not even, not only not worth it, but it was probably not even doable. So who's was gonna would you want him to go out there, go out there and get hit again and just crumble on the floor and screaming agonizing pain? Why do you you need him to do that for you to believe that he didn't quit? That's not it's not true. He went in there. It was you we all agree it was a competitive fight. He didn't go in there to quit. He just it had what it took for him to be competitive, it finally rang, it finally uh came to an end. And it was no longer gonna be competitive. It was gonna be completely one sided going forward. He knew that, his corner knew that, Canelo knew that. It was done. Now, the points were uh, the thing of people saying, like, where Billy Joe was effective, his offense, everything like that. It wasn't effective, really, either, because he was doing a lot of slapping shots. A lot of his shots were slapping because he was getting frustrated, right? He was trying to get offense going on Canelo, and Canelo put the pressure on. So he was saying, like, he got frustrated. So he said, I'm going to put throw two shots on him I don't really believe he had effective offense that whole fight. I really don't. So Canelo is just dominating, dominating, and I was saying that there's three stages to uh, every elite fighter, right? It's three, and the three stages are the three things that everyone says when they're having a uh, – we're in the era of a elite fighter. I was pulling it up on Twitter because I want to quote myself correctly. And this is uh, the three points of elite fighter's career. So number one is he hasn't fought anyone, right? So we always do that when he has a really good fighter. And then we have to try to knock him always, right? And this is boxing just automatically negative because he hasn't fought anyone. Number two is he's dodging so-and-so. So there's always a guy that he won't fight that, oh, no, 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 he's dodging him. He's dodging, This guy would beat him, whatever, right? Canelo is leaving this one, right? When he goes to the PVC, this will be him exiting. He's dodging so-and-so. And he will enter the final era in the, the, of an elite fighter, and that's it was a weak era. Right. That's what he's going to say. That's what they're going to say. We're going to say, oh, he dominated. But yeah, it was a weak era. And this happens to everyone. It really does. It happens to everyone. It happens to Floyd. It happens to, you know, Lennox Lewis. It happens to um, the only one that doesn't happen to is like Muhammad Ali because he just he's a fan favorite all-around, you know, recognized like, the greatest to ever do it, and he just was a, you know, really likable guy, and just a star in his time, but when after that guy, there's always there's always that those excuses for everyone that comes up, and Canelo's gonna use, to me, just needs to take these as a compliment, that he's gonna go through this, and he's gonna exit this area, he's gonna go through PBC, and I think he's gonna win all those fights on PBC, but they are, this was managed beautifully, this, like, everything, people complaining about him fighting the guys in England and everything like that, it when it came to an end, right this weekend, what we saw, it was beautifully done. It was beautifully handled. It benefited both Canelo and DAZN. And now, when he goes to the PBC, right, and most likely he's still going to be with Eddie Hernandez side, he will make his run in the states. Everybody was been building up the, these guys that could beat him, and they're saying that he's dodging them. Now, those guys, they're supposedly he was dodging. He's going to go fight, and those fights will sell themselves. Let's go to the anything else you had, to add?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Okay, now let's go to the uh, some of the fights on the undercard, right? And let's go to Al uh, Alwin Soto versus samurai Takeyama, and uh, oh, I mean just a great fight. Now, what did I say going into this fight that Al- Alwin Soto was going to knock him out cold? And I said that he may even do it in the first time they exchange. And Alwin Soto did almost have him out in the first round, but what I didn't do in my mistake right and because i'm not 100 percent familiar with uh Kasumari's career and i didn't go and watch everyone in his fight was i didn't recognize his heart and i didn't recognize that what he was bringing to the table because sometimes you can't see that sometimes you have to actually witness it you can't watch highlights or watch one fight you got to see and know the man's career. And I didn't know this man's heart. And when he came in, he did get hit with the shots I thought he was going to get hit. He did make the mistakes I thought he was going to make. He did have the style that I thought he was going to have. But what I didn't know was that he was going to withstand those shots. And that he was going to keep coming forward. And he wasn't going to stop. And he was going to keep pushing. And he was going to have show the amount of heart that he showed. For a guy that's coming out of retirement and doesn't really need to do this anymore... He showed all that, and it was he didn't win the fight. It wasn't a close fight, but it was an entertaining fight. And it was a a fight where the guy that lost inspired more probably than the guy that won. And that's what boxing can offer, and sports can offer that. But boxing has that where you can watch it and you can capture it of what is going on there. And that's what happened with him. He was stopped. The ref said to stop it. Some people said early stoppage. I think you know that's how people die. Is they keep taking big shots and they keep coming forward. When he stopped to throw, he went and he even shadow boxed the middle of the ring to show that he could keep going. And I truly believe he could have kept going all night. But was it good for his health? Was it gonna was he have a chance to win this fight? I don't believe so. It, but I you have to respect the men's heart and courage and the entertainment. And that's why when you call these guys quitters and you you mock these guys that go in and they're risking everything. This guy's risking everything. And he's doing it for the for love of the game, for his pride, and for the entertainment of all of us. So that's what you have to, you know, you have to appreciate. That's why I appreciated that night. And for that fight and the Canelo fight made that whole card worth it. That was a great fight.
1: When you say, like, you guys, who are you talking about?
0: Well, I just see, like, people on Twitter. I understand, like, they like the sport. It's fun. I get it. Twitter's not, maybe not, so shouldn't be taken as seriously as it's taken, right? But... When people say, well, especially because they're lower weights, they say, I don't care about the lower weights. Or they quit to say, Billy Joe Saunders quit. Or they say all that. And I think that we disrespect the fighters too much. We get too comfortable disrespecting the fighters when they're risking everything to get in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I think when we get to that point where you're too comfortable disrespecting the fighters, then at what point, right, is what point do we... Do we acknowledge that we have to have respect for what's being done? And if we continue to disrespect and put down the fighters and everything like that, then what's the point of them going out there and doing that? Like, we have to acknowledge all the beauties of boxing. And one of the beautiful things of boxing is just the amount of heart people show. And this guy did it in a losing effort. But he should still be applauded for that effort. That's what I feel like. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Okay, let's go to the next fight on the card. And that is... Kirion Conway versus Suleiman Sissoko. And this fight played out like I thought it would too. Every one of the fights pretty much played out how, it played out, uh, how I thought it would, besides, uh, you know, uh, the last fight, the guy, how much hard the guy showed. But Sissoko was a superior fighter, superior skills, superior ability. And Kirion Conway has not really figured out what he's good at, what he's great at, what he could be good at. He hasn't really figured out his style yet or what he could be confident in. Now, did he have moments? Yes, he did. I told you would because Solomon, if he feels like he has avenge on you, he will be get aggressive and take some chances, and he will get hit. And he did get hurt in this fight. He got hurt right up, right uppercut to the eye uh, that put him down. But other than that, he was a complete control, and the fight was a split decision. Should never been. He was doing everything he wanted to do and everything he had to do to win the fight. And was it a wow performance? No, it was not. Did it? raising any star power for him no it did not so it didn't do what they hoped it would do but it did put him back winning it did show that he was a notch above these other guys and it i'm sure they're gonna take him back to england and you know there's guys for him to fight there and they're gonna try to build him up as far again as, but like i said soleman is getting older um you you he kind of needed to capture a little bit of the you know the crowd there he didn't he didn't do that that was kind of a missed opportunity with that fight but he keeps on winning, and he, has got to figure out what's to go with him next. But he's a tal- he's a talented fighter; the talents are all there. But winning fights isn't enough. Okay, winning fights isn't enough. Unfortunately, it's not enough in boxing. You have to be able to draw the crowd. You have to be able to uh, make people want to see you. And if you're just going to win fights like that, it, it honestly doesn't really change it where his career was, is at from before this fight happened to now it doesn't it doesn't change it he's in the same spot so when you have those fights you have those opportunities you got to take chances that are going to take you to that next level are going to capture the imagination of people i'm always saying that you got to capture the imaginations of the audience that's what they do that's what like an excellent wwe wrestler does right he captures the imagination that's the boxers have to do so the mma fighters have to do they got to capture imagination and when you don't take those chances like that Sometimes you'll just stay stagnant in the place and you'll wonder what's going on. And that's, that can happen. But like I said, he got the win exactly how I thought it would play out. Let's get to Marina Rodriguez because the UFC card, Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Watterson. Uh, this fight played out like I thought it would too. Marina Rodriguez is way more confident with her striking than Michelle Watterson is. Watterson is because Michelle Watterson is more, uh, in spurts she's gonna fight in spurts marina's not like that right now in her part right now marina's just said let's just go i'm not hesitating i'm not trying to save gas i'm not anything i'm just pedal to the metal and michelle's like i'm gonna pick my spots i'll hit you here i'll take this whatever you give me um but that's never gonna win against marina it really isn't and when the points where michelle got her what she was waiting for she didn't put enough damage on her she hurt her with a, a head kick last round didn't really go after much more than that. She gets a takedown. Doesn't put enough punishment on her to where it could set up maybe a submission or a finish or, you know, uh, just break her down for the fight. It never does that. So you're waiting for all these things, but you never capitalize on it. And Marina just shakes these these things off and just keeps coming at you. And at that point, right, if you are not, you know, if skill level is the same, right, but the gas tank isn't and the confidence isn't. Well, the person with the gas tank and the confidence is going to win. That's what Marina is. And Marina is getting better with the ability. The skill is not 100% caught up to what, you know, the level she's at right now. But she's on a roll. It looks like it's coming together slowly. And this is exactly how this, play, this fight played out. Marina was reacting first and more often. And Michelle wasn't. And that's why she lost the decision. Another thing happened this this card I want to talk about with Don Cerrone getting knocked out. It looks like Don Cerrone is about right there at the end of his career, and, uh, you know, Don Cerrone, I've never been the the biggest fan of Don Cerrone as far as, like, I never considered him elite, and a lot of people would consider him elite, but I did always respect that he would fight anyone, and he'd fight anyone on any notice, and he was always shoulder-prepared and never not unprepared, and he was a professional, he is legitimately a professional fighter, and what I mean, like, not just professional, but he treats it like a job, and he respects it, and that... I will always respect from Don Cerrone. If we don't see him again, it looks like we might see him one more time, but if we don't see him again, I think that that's what I remember from him is that that's a guy that took his job very seriously. Okay, let's get to the fake money real bets. Let's see right here. Oh, it's right here. Okay, so this week wasn't like a lot to really, you know, like go for it big, but okay, so I want 400K at minus 750 and i'm gonna keep those odds even though the right before the fight there was like minus 600 so i could have made more money but i'll keep the ones that i put in so minus i put 400k minus 750 i won 40k for that fight Alwin soto over takiyama i took 300k on that fight i won 25k sissoko over, over conway minus 330 i put 100k on that to win 30 i parlayed soto uh sissoko neil and alvarez and i was all 100 right in the boxing and missed neil against magny magny once again just breaks a prospect's heart uh that i lost 50 on that one this total comes out to. i started at one three nine six now i'm at one million four hundred seventy six thousand so once again every week if i just keep going up and up it pretty soon i'm gonna be at a million this week there's a lot of fights right that means there's a lot of options to pick but also sometimes that throws me off because then there's too many choices. I'm like, well, maybe this one, this one, this one. So let's see how I devoid these landmines this week.
1: Hmm.
0: You have anything to add to, for this week?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Okay. So I know people are thinking like, man, Ezra really hogged the mic. But we did talk about my singing, right, in the beginning. We did talk go into uh, your ex's singing. So I thought that was my interesting. Ex. Okay. Well, your ex date. It was one date.
1: Or as all the girls you went on one date with your exes because that would be a lot
0: wow what a way to end the podcast (laughs) it was uh thank you guys for listening i don't even know how to respond to that one (laughs) but this has been the mouthpiece podcast
1: later